Thank you for tuning in today at Propel Church. Whether you're watching through YouTube or listening through a podcast, we want to say thank you. Our hope at Propel is that you would be propelled into an authentic relationship with Jesus. From wherever you are tuning in, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Well, hey, if we haven't had the privilege of meeting, my name is Pastor Nick Newman. And uh, man, my wife and I started this church a little over six years ago with the heart of creating a place where you could grow in your relationship with Jesus and uh, Jesus and encounter him in a way that changed you forever. And so if you're here with us for the first time, we want to say a special good morning to you. Church, could you do me a favor? Could you help me welcome every person here for the first time? Come on. We love you. Love you. And are so excited that you are here. I want to give you one really quick thing because I need you to mark your calendar for something um, that's coming up in February, and then we're going to dive into God's Word. We got first Wednesday coming up on February 2nd from 6.30, or it starts at 6.30 p.m. Now, here's what I need you to know about these. These are uh, worship nights. We structure our Sunday mornings really intentionally to create a place where you can bring your lost friends and family members who don't know Jesus, and it's not an overly churchy environment. It's very casual, but we know that there's some power in going a little bit deeper in taking some time to have these moments or environments where we can, as followers of Jesus, partake in communion. We can worship a little bit longer. We can enjoy the presence of God and really seek after him. And so I like to say I'm a Baptocostal, right? A little bit Baptist, a little bit Pentecostal. We call that charismatic with a seatbelt. And and so these gatherings... (laughs) These gatherings are where we take the seatbelt off, right? We just kind of, we let the Lord do whatever he wants to do. It's really uh, intentional that way. And so February 2nd is going to be a night of worship. And so we would love for you to go ahead and mark your calendars. It's a month out uh, literally from today. So that's February 2nd. Now we're going to kick off a brand new series today called Alignment. Turn to somebody and say Alignment. And as we kick off this new series, we're also entering into a season of prayer and fasting. And so somebody from our team came down earlier And they handed you one of these note cards. This note card is uh, important because on it, what I want you to do at some point during the experience is I want you to write some prayer requests on it. As Chris mentioned in the video, we do 21 days of prayer. We have nightly gatherings and one on Saturday morning. Then Sundays are at our regular times. But during 21 days, there are people in here every day praying for you, praying with you. And one of the ways that they do that is through these cards where you write down what you're praying for, and then we stand in agreement with you on those. You're going to have time after the message to bring those down front and drop those off. And so if you were like, oh, man, they gave me a note card. I can take notes on them. You can, but you're supposed to leave this here. It's not really going to help you that much. That's what that connect card is for. But we're kicking off this new series on alignment today because um, the other couple months ago, I was driving down the road, and uh, I drive an F-150, was driving my truck, and uh, I was, that was just a little, like, kick towards Chevy people, right? Come on. So driving my, my Ford, and uh, all of a sudden I noticed, I'm kind of, like, veering to the left a little bit, you know? If you've ever been in your car and you, you know, do one of those Jesus take the wheel moments and you start drifting left really hard, you've got an alignment issue. But I was on my way to the mountains. I had a trip that I was going on, and, and so I started to veer left, and what I did was I ended up just kind of pulling my steering wheel a little to the right to kind of course correct. But I noticed that if I don't 
pull my steering wheel to the right, then I'm going to definitely end up in the grass. So I'm doing this for this whole ride, and, and man, my arm starts to get tired. It's like I didn't want to go off course, but I was trying everything I could do in my own strength to keep me on the right path, to stay in my lane, to do what I was supposed to do. And, and over a period of time, I just became more and more exhausted by it. And I think many of us live our lives that way. We're, we're veering maybe to the left or to the right, and we started our year by saying, God, I really want you to be the focus of my life. I want you to be the center of my life. But no matter how many times you try, it's like every year it's the same thing. You're doing really great for January, but then February comes along and you start veering a little bit to the left. And over a period of time, you realize, man, I'm veering too much to the left or to the right. So you start to try and course correct, but then you're tired because you've been doing everything you can do to stay on the right path. And I would just propose to you over the next five weeks that maybe, just maybe, rather than trying in our own strength to continue to course correct, we need to pull into the shop and allow God to realign us, allow him to realign some things in our life. Because the purpose of a realignment is to correct the angles of the tires so that they come into contact with the road in just the right way, allowing you to go straight. In other words, the direction of your life will actually be determined by the alignment that you have. If you're misaligned, you will end up veering off in a direction you never intended to go. But if we can open God's word and get aligned through this series, then we are going to experience what God has for us. I believe you won't fulfill the purpose that God has for you if you're not in alignment. And so we're going to talk about alignment. Help me out, church. Can you say alignment one more time? You might have to say it five more times today. It's the first Sunday of the year. There's no limits, right? So what I came to do during this series, I was at a New Year's Eve gathering uh, at a church on Friday, and I really felt like the Lord said to increase the spiritual temperature of our church this year. And so I'm just going to tell you, I might come in a little hot this morning or slash all year. Um, and so come on. Yeah. Five people are pumped about that. You're going to have to quit wearing your hey dudes. and You have to start wearing steel toes uh, to church in Jesus name. But no, I can't because really, because here's what, can I, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm chewing my clock, but um, I'm tired of playing church. Like I'm tired of just coming in here on a Sunday morning, creating a great experience, and then people don't leave change. Like I, that's not what I do this for. The reason why we do this is so that you can experience life change, so that we can see bondage and shackles broken off of people. It's not great services that break the yoke of bondage. It's the anointing of God. We need an increase in the spiritual temperature of this place because you were never made to just do church or to play church. You were made to be a part of God's body and to thrive in it. So we're going to get aligned this year. And the way we do that, first and foremost, in our church is by 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting begins our realignment. It's where we get back on track. Because I don't know what your December looked like. I don't know what the last half of your year looked like. But a new year means new beginnings. 
But you don't need to keep doing the same thing you were doing. You need to get realigned. And so we do prayer and fasting in January. And then uh, we do 21 days of prayer again in August. Because how many of you know it's great to have resolutions, but you need a little bit more of God by August. But we do it intentionally, like right after your kids go back to school. Because that's parents. That's when you need Jesus the most, right? You done had them for all summer. And you're like, Lord, I need you or I need you to take them. Come on. So... Uh, But 21 days of prayer in August, I call it prayer and feasting because we get to keep eating. And so 21 days of prayer begins our realignment. It's where we set aside time intentionally to focus on God. And I want to take you to Matthew chapter 17 this morning because I think it can teach you and I some incredible things on prayer and fasting. And this is what it says. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him. This is he came to Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. See, the disciples had been trying to cure this boy. They had been praying over him, but it wasn't working. And it wasn't that they had an issue with training. Jesus had trained them. He had equipped them. And in all reality, if you look through the book of Matthew, you'll actually see that when the disciples are praying over people, people are getting healed. They're being delivered. They're being set free. But for some reason, it's not working right now. And so the disciples can't cure him, but then Jesus looks and he says... Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Jesus says that you're faithless and perverse. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. What Jesus is doing is he's not just talking to the disciples and saying you are faithless and perverse. He's looking at the entire crowd of people. And he's saying you have a faith issue and you're perverse. And in all reality, I don't think that that's too far off from the world we live in. When Jesus is saying you're faithless, he's saying you aren't close enough to me. And when he's saying you're perverse, he's saying you're too close to the world. You're not close enough to God, but you're too close to the world. And when that happens, what happens is people who are in bondage can't be set free. And this is the world we live in. It's not too far off because we live in a world that people really want to grow deeper in their relationship with God but aren't willing to come to church but one time a month. We've got people who who are so scared of COVID. And look, I don't mind if you're COVID conscious. Just be COVID consistent because you won't come to church because you're afraid you'll get COVID, but you'll go to Disney World and every other place on the planet. The chances are that it's not that you're scared of a virus, but that the enemy's deceived you because you lack consistency. We live in a world that's faithless and perverse. I ain't trying to step on, I am trying to step on your toes because I don't care about your toes today. It's January 2. By January 12, I might care. I mean, we live in a world where we won't make time for prayer gatherings and to spend time focusing on God, but we'll waste our evenings watching Netflix and We can't spend time opening God's word, but we have no problem scrolling Facebook. I'm just saying there's probably some things that we're too close to the world and not close enough to God in. We don't have the ability to tithe, but we'll waste our money on frivolous things and golfing and shoes and clothes and whatever else pops up as an ad on our social media. What happens is that we're 
too close to the things of the world. And we're not close enough to God. And here's what I know. I know it's not that we don't want to grow in our love for God. But the problem is you don't have infinite love. You only have finite love, which means it's not that you don't want to grow in your love for God, but your love has already been allocated to the things of the world. So you've reallocated your love to some things that are not necessarily godly things. And so Jesus is talking to these people and saying, you are faithless and you're perverse. But then we keep reading and Jesus says this, and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the children and the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? You ever been there with God before where you had all the training, but it just wasn't working? Like, Lord, I've been, I, I, I listened to the pastor. I took notes. I, like, I learned what to do. I've even done it before. But now it's not working? Like, now when we pray, it doesn't seem like it goes anywhere. Now when we seek after you, it just feels numb and dull. Like, Lord, it was working back then. Why is it not working now? And Jesus responds to them and says, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. That's incredible. But Jesus is not talking about faith in this passage. He refers to it because it's important. You need to have faith. But then he uses this word, however, which means his antidote for the problem they have is not more faith. He says this kind, this issue that they came up against, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He says there's an obstacle that you have that you have all the knowledge for, yet you lack the strength to get rid of or to overcome. And the reason why you lack the strength is because you haven't put in the work required to overcome the thing that's coming against you. You need to pray and fast. And prayer and fasting is really important because the disciples didn't have a revelation problem. They had an impartation problem. They didn't, they didn't need more knowledge. You don't need more knowledge. You don't need to know more about God. You need to put into work the things he's been teaching you for years to pray and to fast. And what we don't see in this passage of Scripture when Jesus says this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting is that Jesus had to leave the scene and leave the crowd to go away and pray and fast for a period of time and then come back and then that boy could be healed. Jesus lived a lifestyle of prayer and of fasting so that when obstacles come, came up, he just kicked them down. He didn't have to wait. He was ready. And what would it look like in your 2022 if you didn't wait for the enemy to come to try and get spiritually ready to overcome those obstacles? What would it look like if you got ready right now, knowing that battles will come, that trials will be on the way, that you might face hardships, but if you put in the work, you'll experience the breakthrough? Because breakthrough happens through prayer and fasting. You've been praying for some things for a long time. You've been believing God for some things for a long time. But can I tell you in 2022, it's time to just quit giving God lip service and put some stuff to work. It's time to quit saying, God, I really want to grow in my relationship with you, but I have no intention of picking up my Bible. God, I, I really, you're going to have to do some work. 
You're going to have to pick up a shovel. You're going to have to dig and go deep and press through because you don't get breakthrough without pressing. You don't get wine without crushing. You're going to have to do the work to experience all that God has for you. And I believe there's some obstacles that you may encounter in 2022 or maybe there's some obstacles that you're already facing right now that will only be overcome through prayer and fasting. And so what I want to do for the remainder of my time is really talk to you about prayer and fasting. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Here's why prayer and fasting is so important. It's that prayer connects you to God and fasting disconnects you from the world. So when we look at what Jesus said to those people, he says, you're faithless and perverse. Faithless is I'm not connected enough to God. So God God doesn't give you a problem without a solution. He made prayer as a connection. It's a personal connection with God that we have access to thanks to what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's the beautiful part of the gospel, that now because of Jesus Christ's payment for our sins, we have complete access to God. We can come to him. And prayer doesn't have to be overly complicated. I think one of the things that the enemy convinces people of or deceives them with is that, well, I'm just not good at praying. I'm not a person of prayer. If you've got a mouth and you can talk, you can pray. Because it's a conversation. Some of y'all, it's, you need to know, it's a two-way conversation. You might need to talk less. But for some of you, you just need to start talking. You just need to start connecting with God, and prayer gives us that ability. But it's not enough to just connect with God. You need to disconnect from the things of the world. And fasting provides us the opportunity to disconnect from the world for the purpose of connecting with God. We're not just getting rid of something. We are filling the thing we're getting rid of with more of God. So when we fast, fasting can look like, and I'll talk about this more in detail in just a little bit, but fasting can look like taking your lunch break and instead of just indulging yourself in that Big Mac that you knew you shouldn't be eating anyways, (laughs) you choose to open up God's Word and spend time reading Scripture. Like that's what, it's not just not eating, it's connecting with God in place of something else. Instead of watching Netflix, I'm choosing to be intentional with connecting with God. But I want to talk to you about prayer really quick. Again, we do prayer and fasting twice a year. And so if you're not familiar with what prayer is, I want to talk to you really quick about it. Here's 1 Thessalonians 3, 10. It says, night and day we pray earnestly. (coughs) Prayer is not just something you do once a day. It's not just something you do over meals. It's something that should be a part of your consistent rhythms. Yeah. So he says, night and day we pray earnestly for you, asking uh, God to let us see you again, to fill the gaps in your faith. These are people who are praying for their friends, but, but it's a consistent thing. Night and day, when I think about it, I pray about it. It's not just over meals. It's not just in the car ride. You and I need to be people of consistent prayer. But I want to give you three things, and I'm going to give you some personal examples from my own life of things that Tori and I are praying for. And so here's the first thing when it comes to prayer is that we pray precise prayers. The reason why you need precise prayers is because you're never going to know if God answered it if you talk or pray in generalities, 
You've been praying for God to bless you, but you don't realize that he answered that prayer by bringing you some great friends. If you say, God, I pray that I make some new godly friends this year, and then you end up with godly friends, you know that God answered those prayers. Why? Because it's a precise prayer. I've got a target that I'm aiming at because I want to know that God is answering prayers. God, I pray for the ability to pay my vehicle off this year. Well, if you pay your vehicle off this year, it is a precise prayer that God is answering. We don't just pray in generalities. We pray with specificity because we want to know that God is answering the things that we're crying out to him for. God, I'm praying that my child who walked away from the faith comes home and experiences you in a powerful way. It's a precise prayer. And when you get precise with your prayers, I'm telling you, it hones you in and gives you something to focus on. Because when we pray, it's that we pray like it depends on God, but we work like it depends on us. It's this focus of saying, God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek after you. I'm believing that my, my, my coworkers are going to come to faith in Jesus. Well, well, how do you play a role? You invite them to church. You share Jesus with them. You quit being a jerk. <laughs> like there's all these, I'm, tell, I'm telling you. You'll be amazed at how many people meet Jesus if you were just a little bit nicer. I'm, so one of those precise prayers that Tori and I are praying is we're praying to have a baby. And we're going, God, we know that you've given us a promise. We desire to have a baby. We're praying a precise prayer. Lord, we want to have a baby. But here's the second thing. We pray powerful prayers. Can I tell you that Tori and I have been praying that prayer to have a baby for over five years now? And so we've gone to doctors and it's, everything's good on my end, everything's good on her end, and, and man, it ain't for lack of practice. Come on, somebody. You know? We've been trying. We've been doing our part and trusting God. We've been praying. But, but here's the powerful prayer, is that we know that something's not lining up. Because we've been praying and we've been doing our part, and physically everything seems to be okay, but something's not connecting. But we're standing on the promises of God that he promised us a child. And so we're going to stand on that and pray those things into existence that, that we're believing that God is still a miracle working, all powerful God. And if he did it before, he can do it again. And we stand on those promises because he's powerful. And here's what I want you to know. When, when we talk about um, this, here's the third one. We pray persistent prayers. Tori and I have been praying this for years. And what I don't want you to hear me say is, oh, we don't know if we can tell them that we're pregnant because, you know, they, no, you don't have to fail for us to have joy. We want to celebrate with you. You getting pregnant is an incredible blessing, and we're pumped for that. We tell you that. Here's why I wanted to share that with you today is because there's probably some things that you've been praying for, and you think that God just answers everybody else's prayers and he doesn't hear yours. There's been times where I've looked and I had this conversation with God the other day. Hey, Lord, I feel like I'm pretty faithful and I don't get why you ain't doing it. I, I feel like, and this is not bias, but I feel like I've made plenty of sacrifices. I feel like I've done my part. I feel like I've served you and I've honored you. And I'm not trying to say I'm entitled to it, but I'm just saying if there was a ranking list, I feel like I'd be pretty high up on the, on the person whose prayer you'd be answering first. 
But that's not the reality. And honestly, Tori and I have been praying for many things over the years. And as we've prayed precise prayers and as we've prayed powerful prayers, we've prayed persistent prayers, there's been things that God has answered that we thought were significantly less important than having a baby. But we keep on praying. And we keep on seeking after God. And we don't give up hope. And we continue to believe. And the reason why we do those things is because prayer is either going to be something where God answers it or God changes you from it. So we keep pushing forward and we keep pressing on. We pray powerful prayers. We pray precise prayers. We pray persistent prayers. And the reason why we do prayer gatherings is because... For a lot of us, we don't know how to pray. When we talk about going and praying and spending time with Jesus, it sounds really good, but we also know that you got a crazy house full of toddlers or kids, and you have to make the decision when you use the bathroom if you're going to even open your phone or you're going to actually use the bathroom for the first time in 16 hours. So we create these prayer gatherings because we want to give you the space to encounter Jesus by yourself. And so you're here in a room together, but those environments, those services are really low-key. They're really intentional. You come in tomorrow night at 630 because it's going to be for 21 days, Monday through Friday, 630 to 730. It's, it's one hour. Say one hour. One hour. Come on, y'all. Decent. You did decent. One hour, 630 to 730. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I didn't even ask you for it that time. They were like, I'm ready. Come on, Pastor. 6.30 to 7.30, when you come in, first thing we do is one song of worship. Then somebody opens the word for five minutes. Then after that, there's one more song. And then we dismiss you to a time of individual prayer. And during that time, you have the ability to take communion. We've got prayer guides available for you. It kind of sets the pace for you to learn how to spend time with God by yourself. And then at the end, one of our staff members comes out and closes it out in prayer. And this time for 21 Days of Prayer, we've been really intentional because parents, we know sometimes it's really hard for you to focus in on what God has for you during 21 Days of Prayer and keep up with your kids at the same time. So we have childcare that's available for every one of those gatherings. Come on, come on. So it's gonna be amazing. You need this. You need 21 Days of Prayer. You need to be able to focus on God because there's some things that only happen through prayer and Fasting, and then let me talk about fasting really quick for you. When we talk about fasting, we're not talking about a speed or a pace, because come on, we ain't, I ain't running in 2022. If you see me running in 2022, it's because something's chasing me, and I've predetermined I can't fight it and win, so you better run too, right? So when we talk about fasting, <laughs> there's, you think I'm kidding. I, I've told my wife, I ain't never running from a grizzly bear, because I, I know I ain't going to win that, so I'm going to just... Psh, I'll stand there. I'm going to punch a bear in the face before I take off running. <laughs> that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Fasting. Are you ready? <laughs> four, four types of fasting. This is what you get January 2. Let's talk about a complete fast for a second. When we talk about fasting, a complete fast is where you choose to give up really everything during the course of 21 days of prayer. And so typically, a complete fast looks like liquid only or light juices. Some people do water only for that. Now, I'll tell you, I typically start 21 days of prayer on 
a complete fast where I do liquid only for about five days and then move into what is more of a selective fast, like a Daniel fast. And I'll tell you about that in a second. I will say if you do a complete fast, two things that I'll tell you. Um, one, talk to your doctor, okay? Their faith and wisdom cooperate with each other. Don't just get rid of everything in your diet. I talked to a guy during prayer and fasting a few years ago. He was like, Pastor, I'm believing God can heal me of diabetes. I said, man, I'm standing with you in that. He said, yep. So I threw out all my insulin. And I said, no. <laughs> That's really dumb. <laughs> like, do, do, go, do not do that. Don't do that, right? Talk to your doctors. Consult a physician if you need to for a complete fast. And just a little tidbit. I learned this a few years ago. Um, don't introduce orange juice on day five. That's not a light juice. It's an acidic juice. Your stomach will hate you forever. So <laughs> complete fast. Number two is selective fast. This is where we get rid of uh, certain types of things from our diet. The most biblical example of that comes from the book of Daniel, where Daniel does what we call a Daniel fast for 21 days. And in that period of time, uh, food was one of the ways that they indoctrinated you. And so Daniel chose to honor the Lord by not eating certain things. So for 21 days, Daniel removed meats, sweets, and breads from his diet completely. And he ate fruits and vegetables and drank water. And I know what some of you are thinking. I pray the Lord doesn't call me to do that. <laughs> but here's what I'll tell you. If there's something in your life that you can't live without other than God, 21 days of prayer is the, and fasting is the time to get rid of it. For some of us, we've developed addictions to food, or maybe it's not food. I'm going to come at you for a second. Maybe it's the sweet nectar of the South, and you need to give up sundrop for 21 days. <laughs> or diet sundrop. You ain't fooling anybody, right? Like... <laughs> If there's anything you can't live without, you need to get rid of it. And this is something that's so helpful for us. That one of the reasons why I fast too is because I've noticed when I starve my flesh, I gain more self-control. If I live in a way that my flesh just gets what it wants, it might start with food, but then it turns to something else. You've got to get used to your flesh being told no so that your spirit can be told yes. So Daniel fast is one of those where uh, is a great selective fast to do. Maybe it's just removing certain parts from it. Third one is a partial fast. This is typically uh, known as a Jewish fast where uh, you would pick certain times of day or maybe certain meals to cut out for 21 days. And that may be that during your lunch break, you don't uh, eat lunch. Instead, you spend time connecting with God. The purpose of all of this is not just to get rid, but to connect connect with God during those times. Partial fast, maybe you give up breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I'll tell you, don't pick a meal you don't eat, right? So I was talking to a guy a few years ago. He was like, man, I'm going to fast breakfast. And I was like, oh man, is that a big challenge? He was like, no, I don't eat breakfast anyways. This is going to be easy. I was like, that's not the point of fasting, right? There should be an element of sacrifice. There should be some challenge around it. And here's the fourth one. And I think if there's any kind of fast that we all need to do, it's, it's definitely this one. It's a soul fast. And a soul fast is really common for people who don't have a lot of experience with fasting, things like food, or maybe you have health issues that prevent you from fasting food. What a soul fast does is it refocuses certain areas of your life 
to make sure they're in the right priority. So maybe, maybe for 21 days, you've developed too much of a reliance on affirmation that comes from social media. And so a soul fast, what's gonna be most beneficial for your soul is for 21 days, you get off of social media completely and the time that you would spend scrolling Facebook, you spend scrolling God's word. That's a soul fast. Maybe it's not social media. Maybe it's like Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or one of the other 15,000 subscription services they got now. You spend so much time binge watching things that have no benefit to your life. And so what's gonna be beneficial for your soul is to cut those things out and spend time focusing on God. One of the things that I've done in the past, I don't, I don't really know if I'll do it for this 21 days of prayer, but in the past what I've done is I've cut out Netflix and in place of those things, I just watched people teach God's word. So I got rid of Netflix and I picked up listening to sermons for 21 days. And I'll tell you, it's beneficial. The reason why I say I don't know if I'm doing it this time is because the only thing that I've prayed about and I feel like God has revealed is that I'll start with a complete fast and then move into a selective one. But what I'm not doing today is I'm not telling you what you need to fast because I'm not God. You need to ask God what you need to fast. And the chances are, as I've taught this morning, God's already been bringing up some stuff. He's already been saying, yeah, that sun drop needs to go, you know? No pound cake for 21 days. Like there's probably some things that God's been talking to you about. And the reason why he's talking to you about them is because you probably have an unhealthy attachment to it. And here's what you've got to notice. If something came to your mind and you said, nope, I can't give that up. That's the very thing that if you'll get rid of it, you'll start to see breakthrough. And it doesn't make sense. It's like, why would God ask me to give that up? I don't know, but here's what I do know. He's a God who knows the beginning from the end. So he knows what you've got right now that could harm you later on. And he's trying to talk to you about it in this moment because he loves you. So fast. Regardless of what you're praying for and what you're fasting in this next season, I'm calling our entire church to a season of prayer and fasting. And we're going to have gatherings for 21 days and we're going to seek after the face of God. And here's what I know. I remember the days when it was just three of us in the living room who were doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I'm going on this journey with or without you. But I'll tell you this, if you'll come on this journey with me for 21 days and you'll seek after the face of God, wholeheartedly, you'll see God do more in two months than you've seen him do in two years. Because his word is clear that when we seek him with all of our heart, we find him. So I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what you need to fast this year. But what I do know is that if you'll go all in, God will do more than you ever thought was possible. If you'll let him realign you in this season, you'll be able to move in the right direction. And it doesn't mean you're never going to need to be realigned again, but it means that you're going to start your year the way God intended it.
which is for him to be the center of all things. And so what I want you to do, I'm going to give you a moment now. I told you there's these cards that you can write your prayer requests on. And if you haven't had the chance to do that, you can fill that out. You can write some stuff down on it. And then in a second, I'm going to allow us, we're going to transition into the next song. And when we do that, during that song, you're going to be able to bring that card forward and drop it off. I'm going to give you just a second to write down something on that card. don't feel pressure to uh, write your name on it. The good thing is God is all-knowing. People can pray for you without knowing who you are. But I'll tell you, when people pray for you during 21 days of prayer, it's so powerful to have an entire church stand behind you and around you to pray and believe on your behalf for all the things that God has for you. But for some of you, we can talk about prayer and fasting. We can talk about setting the new year right and doing all these great things. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, none of this matters. And so before we go any further into 2022, for some of you, you need to surrender your life to Christ. For others of you, it may be a returning to Christ because you've walked away, you've been playing games with God for a while, but you know God is drawing you to come back. In fact, for some of you, That's the whole reason why you're here on the first Sunday of the year. Because you know you need to get right with God. And so for just a moment, with every head bowed, every eye closed around the room, I want to give you the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. Here's what you need to know. Despite your brokenness and the sin in your life, Jesus loved you so much that he came and he lived a sinless life to die in your place so that just by putting your belief and trust in him and allowing him to be the Lord of your life, you could be saved, set free, and experience abundant life that he has for you. And so if you're here this morning and you need to surrender your life to Jesus for the first time or maybe you need to return to Jesus, would you just acknowledge that by lifting your hand in the air for a moment and saying, that's me. Here's what we're going to do, church. Nobody prays alone. We all pray together. Would you repeat this after me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for checking out this week's message. If you made any decisions for Jesus or you need a next step or have a prayer request, let us know by going to www.propel.church/hub. That leads you to our digital connect card where you can fill out all of that information as well as see what we have coming up here at Propel. Thank you again for tuning in and we hope to see you again soon.